Man, I knew OU softball was a big deal. I knew they were a very big deal, but uh, apparently, Parker Thune, they're such a big deal that they cause college football uh, media guys to beef to one another on social media. Dude, Danny Cannell is in shambles College right now. football guys are beefing with one another OU over OU softball. And as just a OU softball observer, not in the beef right now, but still calling Danny Cannell a giant dork and a giant child, <laughs> I am enjoying that OU softball is at the level where college football guys are... You know, talking trash to one another on social media. Everything, I love it. everything he has said today, without exception, has been so categorically stupid, <laughs> Tyler. Uh, he's like, I know OU softball fans uh, would never complain if the Women's College World Series were played in Tallahassee. No, they wouldn't because they'd still win if it were in Tallahassee. I know. I think so even like, the Florida State fans today are like, oh, God, here he goes again. Yes, yeah, and Danny's the, tweeting again. The worst dunk uh, of all time. Was when somebody went, oh, yeah, because Oklahoma struggled so hard on the road this year. And Danny goes, where was their one loss? <laughs> yes, they lost one game on the road, Danny. I suppose if that thinks you prove your – if yeah. that makes you think in, you in prove way, your point. In a way, go to Baylor. Yeah, yeah, nice, nice job, dude. <laughs> the, the longest winning streak in college softball history, but nice try, clown. I'm telling you, even the Florida State fans are like, Danny, just shut up, man. You took an L – Two years ago and last year, and really? You want to take consecutive L's once again? Do you want to be like the Florida State team two years ago? Seriously? Oh, man, it's it's, uh, it's entertaining. Well, listen, let's not this... Uh, let's not allow this whole Twitter episode from Danny Cannell take away from our collective goodwill. A very happy Teddy Lehman Day to yeah, you. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Happy 6-9 day. And, of course, um, he decided to take the day off on his own day. What in the world? <laughs> Imagine that. Imagine that. Teddy doesn't Ridiculous. even work on his own day. Uh, real quick, and then we'll move on to Cruton. What Danny Cannell tweeted earlier was, I'm so happy for Oklahoma softball fans knowing they would never complain if the World Series was played in Tallahassee. Bunch of classy fans, congrats on the dynasty, with an asterisk next to the dynasty, which was really odd, really weird. Yeah, he's he's a dork. Uh, all right, biggest camp weekend, or, or biggest visit weekend, I should say, yeah. so far this year. Williams Winery, David Stone, Grant Bricks, Eli Bowen, Kobe Black, Eddie Pierre-Louis, uh, Braden Platt. Did, did I miss any other headline names that are going to be in town? I mean, that's a really big-time collection uh, with positions all over the field, man. That yeah. it is, and I think the most important note of the week and the most important thing to understand is that, well, and it shouldn't be a shocking revelation to anybody that follows recruiting in any great detail, but OU is placing heavy emphasis on Will Nguyenary this weekend. Todd Bates and Miguel Chavis collectively have zero other official visitors beyond this kid. Yeah. So – all of their time is going to be poured into Williams Nguyenary. As it should. His high school head coach, the former Sooner, Jamar Mosey, is coming down as well. Ooh, I so, like that. Yeah, and again, to me, what makes this weekend successful is if you can get Will Nguyenary to speed up the timeline. Yeah. If you can convince him, hey, you don't need to go up to Oregon. You know, you can go to Tennessee next weekend. That's fine. You've had that on the books for a minute. But you don't need to wait till September and go show up at Oregon again. For, if you for, like Tennessee, that's fine. But come July, August, you're going to have all the data points you need to make a decision. No, that's I, the message that I think OU is selling. Yeah, no, I I mean, you're right. I mean, the, the, the ultimate goal or the ultimate dream, I should say, is that he you know commits this weekend. I don't think anyone really expects that to happen. That's a very, 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 very low percentage. 
But you're right, man. If you can just get him to say no to the organ visits, it's not, it's not happening until, what, September, right? That is a lot of things for you. It speeds up the timeline, like you said. And if it speeds up the timeline, then maybe he commits at some point this summer. Well, that's big to have maybe the best you know player at his position already in the class. But we just talked about recru- recruiting momentum yesterday. And we talk about recru- recruiting momentum a lot. And there's a lot of things that you can do in this class to get recruiting momentum. Is there a single, I mean, is there a bigger thing that you can do than getting williams Winery in the class? There's not very many, if not. So, I mean, j- just for a lot of reasons, yes, speeding up the timeline this weekend would be huge for OU. It'd be massive. Yeah, and then I think the other big point of interest this weekend, if you're an OU fan, is looking at this official visitor list. 14 of them coming in today to start their OVs. Seven of those are offensive linemen. So, you can leverage the numbers there, yeah. Tyler. You can kind of start to create some pressure, whether explicit or implied, amongst the offensive linemen that you're hosting. Because you can make it at the very least appear as though, hey, Oklahoma's a very attractive place for offensive linemen to be. Look at all these guys that are showing up. If you want to be here, if you feel like this is the spot for you, don't wait. Uh, We do have some breaking news on the recruiting front. Six minutes ago, um, Ace Hodges. Thankful and grateful to announce my commitment to play as a defensive tackle for at OU football. And then he goes on with the uh, rest of his posts there. But um, is he a he's a Cassidy kid in OKC? Is that yes. right? Yes. Okay. And this is a Chapman McCown sort of deal where he isn't technically on scholarship, but the Sooners have made certain allocations and provisions to make sure that he's taking care of. But he's class of 2024. He is class of 2024. Yeah, he won't be a true freshman this year. So, okay. Um, Another in-state kid that I think has three stars, at least by one service, and you're getting him as a preferred walk-on. That's that's not a bad deal. Yeah, that'll do. I mean, as many of those guys as you can assemble, and the Sooners had multiple last cycle that were – uh, PWOs in technicality, but had rankings on recruiting services. Not just Chapman McCown, but Andrew Heinig was another guy that was formerly committed to BYU, was a three-star per 24-7 sports, and OU managed to convince that kid, hey, you belong here as a preferred walk-on. And if you go back two cycles, well, maybe the biggest walk-on payoff of anybody since Drake Stoops already is getting Gavin Freeman to flip from Texas Tech on a PWO. Yeah, that, that's worked out well in year one, and I think it's going to look even better uh, coming up in year two for Gavin Freeman. Yeah, I just listed off the names. Did I say David Stone on that list? Um, is he going to be at Miami this weekend? Yeah, he's okay. going to be Miami. So I'm sure there's been some panic about that. Is it really that big of a deal I, in the ends? With Williams Winery being here, being at Miami instead of Norman, we know that he's been to Norman a ton. Is it a big deal in his recruitment? Is it a big deal in the recruitment of Williams Winery? Like, what's, what, what's that look like? No, and look, I think here's the deal. If you follow recruiting on a diehard type of basis and you listen to the show with regularity and you're up to speed on the David Stone recruitment, yeah, it kind of feels bizarre that he was supposed to be at Oklahoma this weekend. Well, I mean, he's home in Oklahoma for the summer, so he's going to be around campus quite a bit the rest of the summer. But he was supposed to be hanging around at OU this weekend, and instead he's going to Miami. But If we've said it once, we've said it a thousand times, Tyler. If you want to get David Stone, if you want that guy to end up in your class, 
you're going to have to deal with some of this BS. Sure, and here's a great and, example of it, yeah, man. exactly. It's just one of those things that you have to be okay with because he's a five-star defensive tackle who is playing the game. And it's, it's hard to – like, you can feel confident about it, I guess, but just to say, you know, for sure, like, uh, yeah, he's absolutely going to commit to OU or this school, like, good, good luck with that. Good good luck with that. I would guess that he still shows up to Champ U Barbecue Weekend. I would guess that that is a – I mean, that's, that's an official visit for him, correct? Champion Barbecue Weekend? Or was that yes. going to be a, Yes, yeah, okay. that'll be his official visit weekend. So, um, um, I, I would be – I'd be very surprised, but <laughs> who, who, who knows? Yeah, man. also, can we just – can we put the kibosh on the most recruiting casual take of the Ooh, week? What which is, is that? that? Oklahoma's losing Stacey Gage to UCF. Oh, God. The yeah, relationship between OU and Stacey Gage has been one-sided for months. Yeah. Month. Well, I, I saw his final five that he dropped, and I guess he's committing tomorrow. I mean, he put out a 24 hours tweet earlier today, so I guess he's going to announce tomorrow. He put out OU, Penn State, Florida, Colorado, and UCF. And you know it, what this is? My initial thought was, how many of those five does he really, you know, have a committable offer? <laughs> well, and to? you know what? You know what this is? It's the Peyton Kirkland deal all over again. You look at that top five, he's a take at one of those schools, and mm-hmm. it's the one he's committing yeah, to. Yeah, UCF. So do not get upset tomorrow if Stacy or when Stacy Gage uh, picks picks UCF. Roddy Crimson, is OU completely out on Cooper Alexander? Uh, yeah, OU and Cooper moving different directions. Really? Yeah, which – Whoa. I know. That was – What happened? I heard that, and that was kind of a curveball. I, I can't put my finger on exactly why – OU and Coop just haven't been clicking. I mean, the, the offer was like three weeks ago, right? Or not even that? Two, two let, three weeks ago? Let me make a comparison that is absolutely not an apples-to-apples apples comparison by any means, and I do not want people to take it for I, – I don't necessarily want people to take it for anything more than the face value of what I say here. But do you remember the Lane Jenkins situation? Where Which parts? <laughs> yeah, I remember all of it, but yeah, which yeah. part? But kind of the gist of it was his mom wanted him to take that Illinois visit. He asked the OU staff if he could take the Illinois visit, and the OU staff said, forget it. You do your, your own thing, but you're not coming here anymore. And the crux of the reason behind that was OU didn't feel like they ought to be <laughs> – OU didn't feel like – they're in a position as a program and as a brand where they should be on an equal playing field fighting a recruiting battle with Illinois. Fair. And so Cooper Alexander was very insistent upon taking his official visits to Stanford and to Iowa State this month. And, you know, from his perspective, he wanted to honor what he had already committed to with those two coaching staffs. But I think – and this is not necessarily the only reason. The communication, from what I understand, was just not 100%. Like, something didn't mesh. Something didn't mesh. And I can't entirely quantify it. That's between It, it almost and sounds staff. like. But basically, the OU staff got to the point where they're like, okay, you know what? If you want to keep entertaining Stanford and Iowa State to this level, then. Huh. That's, you that's go surprising. Right it's almost as if they sent out the offer. Expected a commitment very soon, and that's kind of what it feels. It, like. it almost felt like there was a timeline to the offer when when they sent when they sent it out. Huh. Yeah, and that's that's kind of what it feels like to me is that Oklahoma figured, okay, we'll get this guy in the class, no problem. But Ivan Carrion comes to camp; he's too good not to offer. 
Got another kid up in Kansas, Gavin Hoffman, who's gone from zero offers in mid-April to 18 at this point in early June. And so you have other options at the tight end position that are worth pursuing. And Cooper Alexander was kind of the first guy not named Devon Mitchell that you opened the door to. But if you're going to start pursuing some other options at the position, you need to know whether or not Cooper's coming or whether or not you can count on that. And from what it sounds like, oh, you didn't feel like that was something that uh, they could count on. Mm-hmm. And so they're like, okay, well. You, you know what this sounds like to me that's not going to be any sort of breaking news whatsoever? What's that? Oh, you obviously feels very good about their chances with Devon Mitchell. Yeah, you know, exactly. You know what I mean? Well, like, that's that's what that, – I, I mean, it tells me, uh, you know, a few things, but it de- it definitely tells me that. Like, their top tight end target right now, they feel very good about well, that. Well, and in talking to a couple sources that are very well-placed on that situation, OU is perfectly content if Devon Mitchell is the only tight end they get in the class of 2024. As they should be, right? Because that's going to be – even when he, even once he reclassifies, he's going to be one of the top five, top ten at the very least – in the entire country at that position. And so if that's the only guy you get in the class of 2024, you'll take that and some other body out of the portal. Like, that's fine. If you can get two that are worth the scholarship, you'll take two that are worth the scholarship. But if one is what Oklahoma ends up with, it's kind of like the situation at running back right now with DeMarco Murray, where he wants Caden Durham, he wants Taylor Tatum. The Sooners are kind of starting to kick the tires on Frankie Arthur. Interesting. Three-star out of Texas who get this is Adrian Peterson's half-brother. Oh, let's go! Bloodline, got to get him. Let's go. Come on. Go get him. If you end up with... Well, basically, here's the way it was explained to me. Durham, Tatum, and Frankie Arthur are kind of the three guys at this point that OU is in on at running back, interested in, and... If any or all those guys don't want to come, oh, you're just not going to worry sure. about pursuing the running back position all that fervently in 2020. So if they do get Devon Mitchell, maybe he goes on and has a great career, but you know how this works. Um, Cooper Alexander goes to Stanford or Iowa State or, or wherever, <laughs> and I'm absolutely going to be rooting for him. He goes and tears it up somewhere in four years, three years, whatever. Oh, another giant miss by the staff in but, the States. Way to go, guys. But here's the deal. Devon Mitchell is no doubt going to have oh, that's what I'm saying. a fantastic even, yeah. career at the e- University of But even of if he does, yeah. you'll, you'll still hear it. But you won't have the Charlie Kohler dynamic necessarily because you're not going to be in the same conference as Iowa State anymore. So Cooper Alexander isn't going to be able to cherry-pick jump balls off the heads of your 5'8", five, 5'9", five, <sighs> nickelbacks. I got nightmares about that still. Jeez, nice matchup that was. So you're not going to see firsthand what you missed out on. One Buki reference today. Hopefully it's the last. We'll see. Is he on staff at USC right now? Yeah. Is that what Buki's Defensive doing? Defensive analyst. Mm. Gotta love it. Knippelmeyer Chevrolet text line, 405-651-3439. All right, we will continue to preview the big visit weekend coming up for OU and a whole lot more. Keep it locked on the ref. We're the homeless Sooner fans. Locked in with McCombus and Thune, live on the ref. We're the homeless Sooner fans. Ref Army listening nationwide today via the free and official KREF app. Just search KREF in the App Store. Ridgeland, Mississippi, Brownsville, Texas, Portland, Oregon, Madison, New Jersey, Augusta, Georgia, Kinder, Louisiana, small town of the day. I don't know if this exists, but someone texted in on the text line. Lone Chimney, Oklahoma. I got to see if that's a real place. Lone Chimney. Okay, I'm one step ahead of you. Lone Chimney. 
Like that sounds bizarre and random enough to actually be legit. Uh, I no, I, not I, seen it. Yeah. If you're gonna uh, submit a small town of the day, it's actually got to be a small town in the state of Oklahoma. What are we doing? Let's go. Just came across on the text line. I thought uh, Lone Chimney. Eh, I don't know. Uh, yeah, M- maybe no, it's it looks so like, small. Maybe it's so small, it's not even registering. I don't know. Well, it looks like Lone Chimney is actually in Pawnee, Oklahoma, and isn't officially a town. Mm, doesn't work. Doesn't work. Nine one eight says it's real. Well, I don't know if it is real. We're gonna have to uh, challenge flag has been thrown. We're gonna have to go to the review booth. We'll we'll get back to all of you on the uh, on the really Forgan in the uh, Panhandle says a texture in the four hundred five. Hey, there we go. Uh, someone else says uh, it's south of Pawnee, so I don't know. Down for some Panhandle love. Ref Army Locator brought to you by K&N Furniture Consignment with locations in OKC and in Norman on Main Street. Much more than furniture consignment. K&N is a full design center and will beat any local competitor's price on fabrics. Boy. Billy Bowman was probably just trying to enjoy a nice evening, watches <laughs> his girlfriend play center field and win a national championship, and his head coach cooked him on social media in front of everyone. That, that was tough for Billy. Billy catching <laughs> strays from Brent freaking <laughs> Venables? That's brutal, man. I feel like Brent did this to another one of his defensive players a few weeks ago. Was it Stutzman for something? I, I feel like he called somebody out for doing something recently, but he likes to uh, – Get after it on social media a little bit. I, I hope Billy's okay. I hope Billy's okay after that uh, that whole exchange. Now, Jada I, Coleman got better ball skills than Billy Bowman, and that may be true. Maybe well, now he's just got to go make a play this fall to one up Jada. Go make a Peyton Bowen play at some point. Is that what you're saying? Oh gosh, we've already Peyton Bowen hasn't even played an official game in an OU uniform yet. We're, we're already, already making. Calls we're already saying it. that the o, that OU's projected All Conference safety <laughs> needs to make a Peyton Bowen play. Um, okay, so Rivals had the 10 biggest visits coming up this weekend. williams Winery, I mean, absolutely. It's, it's, it's one of the bigger, you know, official visits that are happening in all of college football this weekend. They say there was some talk that well, – that was on David Stone, actually. This is a huge visit because Winery is arguably the best defensive lineman in the 2024 class, and Oklahoma is believed to be the front runner right now for him. Georgia impressed the Lee Summit Missouri North standout last weekend, so the Bulldogs are fresh on his mind with Oregon, Tennessee, Missouri, and others involved. But this will be a major weekend for Coach Brent Venables and his staff to stay on top for the elite defensive end. You know, what's interesting is initially when we started talking about Winery, it was, yeah, OU's definitely got a shot here, but oddly enough, man, Missouri is, at least for right now, tough to beat. That seems like that's faded. It has, and it's faded big time. And honestly, where the tide kind of turned was the Oklahoma visit, the most recent one for him at the beginning of March, because I'd been up to see him in February, and he told me flat out, yeah, Mizzou's my leader right now. And as many times as he had been there and in talking to some folks around the Lee Summit North program, I got the sense, okay, he's not just blowing smoke. Like, that's that's legit. He has a ton of interest in Missouri. But – Ever since that Oklahoma visit, it seems like things have really been trending in favor of OU and Tennessee. There's been a lot of buzz about Tennessee, but what do you not see across the industry, Tyler? You don't see any predictions in favor of Tennessee. All of the predictions are still in favor of Oklahoma. Yeah, unless it's what Wilt Fong's saying. He thinks they have a, a slight lead, which is, is something, but not a whole lot. No one really else is, is He won't is in drop on that. his balls on it. So. He won't. It's true. There you go. 
been dropping, tells you. been dropping his balls everywhere else uh, with uh, predictions so far this week, including Joseph Jonah Ajonye to Georgia, but not yet to Williams. Like I, I would think that, or at least I would hope, is that okay? What's the situation right now between OU and Winery? Well, the industry seems to think that OU holds a lead right now. Yep. How big is that lead? I don't know, but OU holds that lead. Y- you gotta think that. Holding a lead going into a weekend like this, it's not going to result in a commitment, most likely. But this weekend kind of seems like, one, like you said, not taking that Oregon visit in the fall, but two, just widening your gap, hopefully to like an insurmountable lead. Like, you you get out to that to where, okay, I'm going to take these other visits, but in his mind, it's Oklahoma by far and away is my number one. I guess that's what you got to hope for coming out of this weekend if we don't feel like a commitment is really on the table. Yeah, and I, I don't figure there will be a commitment anytime soon for Nguyenary. I do think the earliest a decision could possibly be made is probably mid-July. So in my mind, we're at least six weeks away and probably longer than that, especially if that Oregon visit stays on the calendar, at least six weeks away from knowing where the kid's headed. Who's who's the biggest long shot this weekend? Not Not to commit just in terms of – where you think OU currently sits with um, with the recruit. Now, they can't be that far off. I mean, if, if, if someone's taking an official visit here, OU's, you know, at least in the ballpark a little bit. But Eddie Pierre-Louis, Braden Platts, Kobe Black, I think those are probably the three names that you mentioned. Who's, who's the biggest long shot out of those three that I just mentioned there? Kobe Black. Yeah. It's Kobe Black. I mean, you look at his visit schedule. He's already booked an Alabama official for October 13th. So, clearly, he's not planning on being done with the process anytime soon. And I've also just never gotten the chance that he's that high on Oklahoma anyway. There's an intriguing connection there with Brent Venables having coached his dad at Kansas State, but that just doesn't seem to have had a whole lot of sway to this point. Yeah, the the momentum has had opportunities to really pick up for for him and OU, but, yeah, just – and I guess anything could happen on a visit weekend, I would just be – I guess I'd be surprised if we're talking like, oh, you now leads for Kobe Black this weekend. And even if you did, he's still got a lot of other visits coming up. So that one's that one's going to be tough. I, Braden Platt would be one heck of an ad in this class. You're, you're looking for that big-time backer for sure after you missed on Peyton Pierce. We'll see what happens in that recruitment down the stretch. But Braden Platt, I think he's actually, what, ranked higher than Peyton Pierce on just about every single uh, recruiting uh, recruiting website. Yeah, and I think there's similar comparable players. Uh, Braden Platt is going to take additional officials. Oregon, I know, is a big player there, as well as some of the regional schools out in the Pac-12. UCLA's involved. Washington's involved, naturally. But it's not the first time he's been down to the University of Oklahoma. So this is where I think... I, and, and no doubt, here's what Brent Venables is going to be telling Braden Platt, especially now that he has moved his visit up a week because he was originally supposed to be in for the champion barbecue. Yeah. He'll tell Braden Platt, hey, I got three linebackers coming in next week. I can't guarantee you that there's going to be a spot for you two weeks from now with Easton Baker and, well, I guess now James Nesta because Sammy Brown's off the table. It'll be like, look, Easton Baker and James Nesta, if those guys commit, we're going to take them. So you got the first dibs here. If you want in, great, we'll take you. If you want to wait it out, that's fine. I just can't guarantee you that if you want to wait it out, we're still going to be able to hold a spot. 
Peyton says, I'm so high on Braden Platt. That boy going to be good. It was – when was the last time he was in Norman? Like around two months ago, you'd say? Yeah. Braden Platt. And Sammy Brown was in that weekend as well. And it, it was definitely during uh, – it was definitely during spring ball because Teddy was out of the practice and both Braden Platt and Sammy Brown were there. And I asked him – I think it was off air about both of those guys. And he was quicker to mention Braden Platt than he was Sammy Brown. And, and he knew – who Sammy Brown was, and not to say that, I mean, they weren't going through drills or anything necessarily, so he wasn't evaluating them as linebackers. He just seemed to be, for whatever reason, and maybe he just talked to him more, I don't know. He seemed to, I, I don't know, like, talk more, way more about Braden Platt than he went on Sammy Brown. I, I thought that was interesting. And he's a very good player. And yeah. I think he's, you know, like, let's say Oklahoma gets commitments from Easton Baker and James Nesta in the aftermath of the champion barbecue. I don't think you quit recruiting Braden Platt. I don't think you tell Braden Platt, hey, we're full. I think you can kind of intone that you got two guys coming in the following weekend that you feel good about. But if you get two commitments from those guys, no, you're still going to go after Braden Platt because he's got the potential to be a top 100 player in this class when it's all said and done. So if you got to make a third linebacker spot for that guy, you'll make a third linebacker spot. Well, yeah, again, this is the weekend that we've been waiting on for a while. And what's the official over-under on commits this weekend? 0.5, one and a half. I mean, which one sounds better? I heard Drum earlier saying that if he's going to predict a commit, it's going to be the big offensive lineman, Grant Bricks, which I don't hate at all. He also theorized that, you know, if it wasn't Bricks, maybe Eli Bowen could uh, could, could uh, commit this weekend, Peyton Bowen's little brother. How about how about 0.5? Are you willing to go one, one and a half with the uh, under? You know, I'm, well, I'm just talking about for the official over-under here. Official over-under, I'll take the under on 1.5, but I think that's the good – that's yeah, zero, probably zero, the right – Zero, yeah, 0. 0.5. Okay, well, hopefully it's Grant Br- – hopefully it's Williams-Winary. Hopefully that's what happens, but I wouldn't uh, I wouldn't get my hopes up on that one. You agree, Grant Bricks, most likely to commit if anybody does so this weekend? Looking over that list, yeah, I would say Bricks is probably the one that I would no, – actually, I take that back. I think it's Zion Raggins. I think the most likely to commit this weekend is Zion Raggins. Oh, you really made some quick progress. They with did, him, man. Didn't they? they just like ran they, things they, back like up they, there a couple weeks ago. It's like they kind of – and I know that they reached out before the Bryant-West Coast situation happened, but, yeah, that one that one developed rather quickly. So that would, that would be a nice get this weekend for sure, man. Yeah, you want to talk about speed. That kid has it. Emmett Jones, like imagine a world in which Emmett Jones has a wide receiver room that includes Brennan Thompson, Jaquez Petaway, KJ Daniels, and then you throw Zion Raggins on top of that. No fun for opposing defensive backs. No, no. Just find a quarterback who can throw a deep ball in the vicinity, and uh, you might be okay. Yeah, you got a few of those. 405-651-3439 is the Knippelmeyer Chevrolet text line. Get your crouton questions in. We'll get to that and a whole lot more coming up next right here on The Ref. Locked in with McComas and Thune, live on The Ref. We're the Homeless Sooner fans. Knippelmeyer Chevrolet text line. Ace Hodges just committed. Looks like that over-under is already in jeopardy. When we're talking about players that are in for the uh, recruiting visit weekend. And sounds like Ace Hodges is an in-state preferred walk-on. But if you want to count that, that's fine. 
If you want to count it, it's fine. Say the overhits. We were really just talking about uh, official visitors th- for this weekend. But, yeah, Ace Hodges uh, from Cassidy is now a PWO. He, 2024 class. Sounds like he's going to play on the defensive line. So we'll see if that one works out, man. That's a uh, preferred walk-on you get in-state. Via his Twitter profile, he's a three-star player, which, uh, okay, yeah, you take it. I like the preferred walk-on route with some in-state kids. Well, you build the bridge in-state, and it doesn't cost you any scholarships. You know, why the heck not? And Oklahoma has been real good about doing that to this point in Brent Venable's tenure, and they're going to continue to try and leverage those in-state relationships to get guys that might be worthy of Division One scholarships elsewhere, but that also have a desire to wear the crimson and cream. OU wide receivers coach Emmett Jones just recently tweeted um, three laughing face emojis followed by scooping up a young baller from the show me state listening to Dolph. Dolphin emoji. Who could Emmett Jones be scooping up a young baller from the show me state? Could, it, could his last name be Mosey by chance? I don't know what else his last name would be. <laughs> who else would be Emma Jones? Who else would Emma Jones be He's scooping this up. weekend? Scooping him besides Zion Raggins, who is from the Peach State. So, yes, Emmett Jones two plus two does equal four. He is scooping a young baller from the Show Me State. Isaiah Mosey is from the Show Me State and scheduled to be on campus this weekend. Yes, those two are together right now. So it now. sounds like he's scooping him up from the airport or something like that. Probably. Uh, all right. Uh, the three laughing face emojis uh, to start the tweet was uh, was interesting, but. Yeah, that confirms that uh, Mosey is going to be on campus. Uh, Eddie Pierre-Louis, four-star offensive lineman from the state of Florida. Haven't talked a whole lot of uh, Florida prospects so far this year. This one seems like OU needs to make up some ground, maybe not as much as Kobe Black. Uh, is OU sitting in a – I don't know. Are they, are they sitting in a real spot with Eddie Pierre-Louis to, to, to make a serious move? I think they could make a serious move for no other reason than the fact that Eddie Pierre-Louis seems to be pretty wide open, and I actually see a lot of parallels between his recruitment process and that of his former high school teammate, Lewis Carter, Tyler, who I am told has been doing some serious recruiting on OU's behalf with the guy they call Big Eddie. Now, Eddie Pierre-Louis just took an official visit with UCF last weekend, so if that doesn't tell you things are pretty open for the kid, that ought to. He dropped a top 10 pretty recently, but in talking to sources down in the Sunshine State, what I have been told is that if Oklahoma makes a really strong impression with Eddie this weekend, they could jump into the lead. And that might be a lead that is difficult to overcome for other programs. So, I yeah, it's, it's a weird recruitment. We get a few of those every single year, but... It's undeniable that the guy is a very talented football player and one that if Oklahoma made a late charge for and managed to get committed, uh, many would not be upset, Tyler. I am uh, proud of the text line for not frigging out about David Stone being at Miami this weekend, though he uh, initially had plans to be at OU this weekend. He will be at Champion Barbecue a a week from uh, Saturday. Uh, Rivals, he's one of the ten most important uh, recruits that are on a visit somewhere this weekend says there was some talk that Stone could be back at Oklahoma this weekend to hang around some big visitors before next weekend's loaded Champion Barbecue. But now the five-star defensive lineman is expected back at Miami, and it's another important visit for him. 
The Hurricanes have surged up his list of favorites and now should be considered in contention with the Sooners. It would not be a shock at all to see the Bradenton, Florida IMG Academy standout end up in Norman since he's originally from the state, but Miami is making it interesting. So we predicted this, right? Early on, it was all this Michigan State buzz. Ooh, I mean, Michigan State. Like, they're going to be the serious threat. And, and we said at the time, okay, yeah, all right. Someone else at some point is going to get in this recruitment. Maybe a, a school that we're not talking about right now. Miami enters the chat. Here they are. It sounds like this is the new school that we got to talk about where OU seriously could, uh, contending with them for the five-star defensive lineman. Boy, won't that be fun. You remember the Luther Burden recruitment a couple years back? Uh, yeah, ended up at Missouri. He, like. I, I want everybody to have this as backdrop for what happens on the recruiting trail, especially with prospects of that caliber. Luther Burden was getting a payout of several thousand dollars every time he visited Georgia. Like, just showed up to campus. Not a bad gig. No, it's not. So, I just want you to understand, that type of stuff happens. Just going to leave it at that. Hmm. Maybe getting a uh, pay. He he could be getting uh, money just to go down to Miami. <laughs> That'd be an all right deal. Which I mean, if that's a gig that you can get, might as well take advantage. Yeah. You know. Look, it, and we knew that NI like OU is going to have to beat NIL at some point to get David Stone. And Miami is one of those schools that they're in on a five star. You know what you're going up against here. Yep. You know you're you're not necessarily going up against a great program right now. Or a program that's in great shape, or has a low, has a whole lot going going for them right now. NIL is what you got to beat the bag yeah. on this one. Well, and that's why you can't a hundred percent take things to the bank with Devon Mitchell either. Even though Oklahoma does have an enormous lead in that race, because his last visit before his commitment date is going to be to Miami. So again, you feel good about it, and I have no reason to suspect that. That visit to Miami is going to change things in Devon Mitchell's recruitment, but you can't rule it out, Tyler. Yeah. When you're dealing with Miami or A&M or Oregon, especially down the stretch, can't rule anything out completely. Mule shoes brisket. I think that a lot of listeners are probably having David Stone fatigue. That's uh, not much talk about him. Yeah, maybe so. I think everyone's got fatigue at this point. Peyton, we're going to lose out on two guys to UCF? What's happening? <laughs> yeah, Peyton's joking. Tongue-in-cheek. Yeah. Ohio Sooner says, I feel like I haven't heard a lot about corners in the 2024 class. How is that group shaping up, and who are we still targeting? Well, you got one kid committed. First committed of the cycle, Jeremiah Newcomb. Yep. Four-star out of the state of Arizona. So uh, it seems like Oklahoma's going to angle for three corners in this class. Mm-hmm. And if that is the case, I think the two that you can bank on would be Eli Bowen and Devin Jordan. Now, if nothing else, you have a shot with Kobe Black. You have a shot with Marcellus Williams. Um, There may be a couple other names that come into the picture later in the game, but Eli Bowen and Devin Jordan seem to be the two highest percentage possibilities on the table for OU to join Jeremiah Newcomb in the cornerback class. I just hope OU could say I, – I hope Braden Platt commits this weekend because even though I'm going to be out of town, um, I'm still going to have to, you know, really hold myself back from not tweeting out the Ted Roof pick of him carrying in a TV. I just – just the next linebacker – the next big-time linebacker commit, can we all just do that? Tweet out the photo of Ted Roof carrying the TV into a Headington Hall. <sighs> 
it's hang it in the loop. I mean, it, it's just a, it's a great photo. It's a great photo. Hey, uh, before Locked In ends for this week, and I am curious what the text line thinks, the summer enrollee for OU with the best chance to play immediately, Heath Ozida, Jaquez Petaway, Samuel Omasigo, Jacoby Johnson, Taylor Heim, Lewis Carter. I'm interested in who the text line thinks has the best, out of a summer enrollee, the best chance to play right away this year. 405-651-3439. Knippelmeyer Chevrolet text line back one final time next on The Ref. Final segment, locked in with McComas and Thune, live on The Ref for the home of Sooner fans inside the Buffalo Wild Wings studios. Got a lot of softball talk coming up. From 3 to 6 p.m. today on The Rush as we celebrate another, another national championship by OU Softball. And uh, since we talked recruiting this hour, I was uh, looking at the recruiting class for uh, 2023 for OU, signed back in November. Parker, they signed four players. It was ranked as the number two overall class by extra inning. OU signed four players. They signed the number 11 overall player, the number six overall player, the number four overall player, and the number three overall player. So essentially, you better be a top 12 player nationally if, you are, uh, if you're going to sign with OU. Four players in the top 12 by extra inning. They get uh, three of the top six in America. Four additions, all four in the top 12. Not bad. Guess what? I think they might be okay for the future. I think they're going to be okay. Seems that way. Let's hit the Knippelmeyer Chevrolet text line and see what the folks are saying to close things out here. Uh, uh, this, huh? Out of the 2024 class, Lewis Carter is also the best running back I've seen on tape. He huh? made this smart move and chose to play linebacker because running back is devalued in the NFL, and he can make a lot more money by playing linebacker. Oh, so you I like think- Mr. X as the uh, incomer this summer to, to have the best chance to play right away. Okay. I think the guys, I, I, two guys spring to mind for me amongst this summer group that are going to, well, I, I'll, I'll say three, actually three. I, I've always been high on Jaquay's Petaway. That's no secret. I think that's a guy that can have And there's a room to make an impact there. And there is sure. a lane for that to happen. Sammy Omasigo is another guy that I believe could be a rotational player from the jump. Based on the current vibes within the tight end room, I don't question that Cade McIntyre could make a little bit of noise as a freshman, yeah. too. If he's ready to make that competitive jump from small school, high school football up in Nebraska to power five ball down here in Norman. Uh, Jacoby Hansen at receiver is the guy. So we spelled his last name wrong, and we may even got his position wrong from the 580. Oh a <laughs> little bit of subtle Jeff Lebby slander. It's Petaway. The lack of a route tree means he can just come in and run go routes, wow. right? Wow. Marvin Mims' comment still hitting on this uh, June afternoon, I guess. Yeesh. Here's one for Petaway. Um, yeah, I feel like most people are saying Jaquay's Petaway or maybe uh, one of the linebackers. But, yeah, there's there's spots to be won at wide receiver, including the uh, the number one wide receiver spot. I don't think that will be Jaquay's Petaway, but we've seen before where – Receivers may not even be on the radar for the first three, four, five games of the season. But in the second half of the season, like a lot can happen. A lot can happen for a newcomer even once the season gets here. And someone can make a move in the back half of a season. Marquise Hollywood Brown did it. He's the best example of it. So I would I would say Jaquez uh, Petaway more than anyone else in terms of the uh, summer enrollee guys. KW918 says, everybody blames Todd Bates like OU hasn't had D-line recruiting problems for 15 years. I wonder if he thought it would be this difficult to recruit D-linemen here. 
I think that's in reference to the David Stone deal and the fact that he's a, uh, you know, they didn't lose Miami out on David Stone. Well, just yeah, yet, exactly. Guys. The race is not over. I still like OU in that battle, but admittedly, Oklahoma has had some problems closing on elite defensive linemen, and there are a variety of reasons for that. I don't, and I've said it before. Oklahoma's inability to recruit elite D linemen thus far, and it hasn't been a complete inability because you got Derek LeBlanc, right? But the relative inability to close on some of these big-time defensive linemen on the interior is more of an OU issue at its core than a Todd Bates issue. 0.5 is the uh, official locked-in over-under for commits this weekend out of the biggest recruiting weekend of the year so far. Are you taking the under, or are you taking the over for commits this weekend? Under. Wait, did you say 0.5 or 1.5? 0.5. Over. Taking the over. I say one. Okay. I say one. One commit. Maybe it's Grant Bricks. Maybe it's a four-star wide receiver. Who knows? Maybe it's Eli Bowen that makes the commitment this weekend. But you're predicting one commit so far this weekend. It says, Parker, give us some good news to get us through the weekend. Well, there you go. Just that. You might uh, decent chance that you get a commitment this weekend. The good news, but here's some good news. Both of your quarterback commits are going to be in town over the weekend to help out with some of these official visitors. Not just Michael Hawkins, but Kevin Sperry as well. Yeah, and then Michael Hawkins will be out to the uh, Elite 11 finals, June 14th through the 16th. Yes, indeed. Which, it's Elite 11? Didn't it used to be where only 11 quarterbacks went to the Elite 11 finals? Now no, there's no, like no, 20? No. No, it's it always, always 20. 20? <laughs> 11 get elite at okay, 11. Gotcha. So that's what they're competing for. Gotcha. Yeah, exactly. All right, the rush coming up next. Let's talk some softball right here on the Homeless Sooner Fans.